You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Forget technological innovation. Put aside being your own bank. Ignore freedom and sovereignty. Let's talk about the truly important things. Number go up. Bitcoin just hit $62,000. Lambos, moon dreams, we're all getting girlfriends. This year, Bitcoin reached a price of more than $64,000. And while it's since come back down to earth, Bitcoin dropping another 7% today. Bitcoin is floating around almost double its 2017 all-time high. But where is it going next? Are we in for another bear cycle that could last years? To figure that out, we need to talk about what caused this run-up. It's not that Bitcoin is being used every day to buy goods and services by most people. There is a lot of mainstream competition for digital money from the likes of Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. It's not the only investment option either. Legacy investment options like stocks are consistently reaching new highs. Got a new high in the S&P, new high in the transports, new high in the industrials. Even spot gold prices showed signs of life. Price of gold, we're up almost 200 bucks since where we were at the beginning of April. And yet, Bitcoin remains attractive. It's been around long enough that it's no longer considered a computer science hobby project. Instead, it's become a legitimate asset class, offered as a long-term store of value. Publicly traded companies such as MicroStrategy and Tesla hold Bitcoin on their balance sheets. One of our strategies is to acquire and to hold Bitcoin. The world's richest man now investing 1.5 billion dollars. Billionaire hedge fund managers like Paul Tudor Jones and Ray Dalio view Bitcoin as a responsible part of a healthy investment diet. I like Bitcoin even more now. I've got small single digit investment. Personally, I'd rather have Bitcoin than a bond. Why has the smart money been moving towards Bitcoin? Well, it could be this. This is a level of spending and money printing we've never seen before. Brian Brooks, former acting controller of the currency, says US dollars are being shoved into the economy at a tremendous rate. The money supplies up 40% in f- like 14 months. That's a scary number. What's so scary about money printing? Doesn't it just mean that everyone gets more money? You get a thousand dollars. 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 The government could print infinite amounts of money, but the more they print, the less that money becomes worth. Dollar debasement is just another form of taxation. It takes purchasing power out of your pocket. You can see this in countries like Venezuela. Venezuela inflation rate passes one million percent. Or Zimbabwe. The rate of inflation continues to skyrocket. Eleven point two million percent. Zimbabwe printed so much money that notes like this $100 trillion note became worthless and the price of goods skyrocketed. Could this happen in the USA? The cost of living does seem to be increasing and these days pretty fast. They are paying more at the pump, they're paying more at the grocery store and they're paying more for those goods and services. I don't think we're going to become Venezuela or Zimbabwe exactly. Economist George Selgin agrees. Calling it hyperinflation is perhaps uh, not helping because if you overstate the risk, what happens is you discredit the whole idea that inflation is something we should worry about. The rising prices that come along with the inflation of the money supply are indeed a concern. 
Charts like the M1 money chart and M2 money charts show how much money has been created and is circulating, and they have exploded in the past year. Although it's a very crude measure, we can estimate how much value our money has lost using things like the Consumer Price Index, which is currently running at about 5.5%. 5% on CPI? The last time we had a number that was higher, higher than 5%, was August of 2008. If you had $1,000 in your bank last year, you could have bought $1,000 worth of goods, but now you can only buy $945 worth of goods because 5.5% of your money's value has eroded. You've effectively lost $55. 5.5% inflation over 10 years would mean you would have lost over $400. Your cash account is a sieve that leaks value year after year, and the holes in that sieve are getting bigger the more money the government prints. We don't exactly know what inflation numbers will look like going forward, but this year the government has already printed $1.9 trillion in a stimulus package, and now Biden has proposed a $6 trillion budget. The plan calls for a massive increase in federal spending. People seem pretty happy about this printing if it means that they're receiving checks in the mail. We've given people a lot of money, but what we've done is reduced its purchasing power at levels we haven't really seen in 20 years. So I don't think we know where it's going yet, but it's no place good. Brian is now the CEO of Binance US and formerly worked as chief legal officer of Coinbase. And so he has a particularly insightful perspective that bridges the worlds of traditional finance and crypto. How does cryptocurrency factor into all of this? As currencies get debased, the value of an asset that is counterinflationary rises. What was really powerful in the Satoshi white paper was the rationing. Bitcoin can't be debased, and so is a potentially better treasury reserve asset than US dollars, which can theoretically be printed to infinite amounts. Can you take trillions of these and go and make a Xerox? So it used to be in this country we took for granted stable monetary policy. You know, inflation was everybody else's problem. We didn't need Bitcoin in that environment. But now there's some question of, how different from Venezuela are we really? Mm -hmm. How different really? The counterinflationary value of Bitcoin hasn't yet been seen. We're only seeing it now for the first time. So I would say forget the last 11 years. You're going to figure out Bitcoin's utility right now. The big utility of crypto isn't just as an inflation hedge. It's also as a way to passively make money. You used to be able to earn interest by depositing money in your savings account. But the government has held short-term interest rates at record lows for such an alarmingly long time that actually earning interest at a bank is now an almost mythically rare event. In 2020, we saw the world of DeFi explode because many crypto projects, mainly based on the Ethereum chain, were offering interest for deposited money. The yield farming craze began and other chains like Binance Smart Chain, Solana, Cardano, Tezos, Bitcoin Cash, EOS, and many others now all have their own experiments with financial tools that can earn people yield. Decentralized exchanges like ThorChain also allow you to earn interest in any asset natively by providing liquidity for the exchange. Of course, there is risk associated with this world of DeFi. But many see the potential upside of earning interest from their crypto as a better alternative than the assured loss of their cash savings in their bank accounts due to inflation. And now that people have a choice of where they can put their money, we're starting to see the beginnings of a separation of money and state. People are starting to opt out of government money. You need a counterweight, a separation of powers, right? A division of, of, of authority. And Bitcoin, by giving people an opt-out, 
creates pressure on the Fed not to do those things. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons it's so important. So back to our original question about the price of Bitcoin. Is it going up or is it going down? I've seen years of bear markets follow big price spikes like the one we just had, but the money printing doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. And as long as people expect continued inflation, they're going to keep looking for assets to park their money in other than cash. People want to know how to safeguard their wealth. They don't want it inflated away. They want to protect themselves. So do you have any tips? Not financial advice, <laughs> but the tips are always diversification, asset allocation and dollar cost averaging. Mm -hmm. What we've learned about crypto is it's better to have 50 basis points or 100 basis points of your net worth in crypto than not. You know, you shouldn't be all in crypto because what if real estate rises, but diversification is a smart play. And if you're not in this asset class, you're missing diversification. To watch the video version of this episode, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or Library.io. I'm a Bitcoin, Darren, I'm